if you're willing to ask for feedback, you've got to be prepared to receive it. So if we ask for it, we're obviously assuming we're open to receiving it. But then once you get the feedback, it's no longer a negotiation. So Mm. we don't try to explain away things or describe reasons of why things may have happened the way they did. Let's take the feedback and use it as a learning opportunity. Hey, and welcome back for another episode of the Sharpen podcast. Hey, guys, I'm your host, Kirby Green. And as you know, Sharpen is the podcast for young professionals. Today's guest is Marcus Hall. You're going to love what we talk about today. This conversation is both very practical and also super encouraging. Uh, You're going to hear the work that Marcus has been involved with in identifying a why, a why for a company, which then had then trickled down and translates into the why for its employees, its clients. He has some really neat stories I think we're going to learn a lot. And as young professionals, we can really challenge ourselves um, to think about this in terms of where we are right now, identifying the why, making it very practical, really real. And with that, I'll turn it over. Here is our interview with Marcus Hall. We'd like to welcome a new friend, a new guest. And as he just shared a longtime listener, so that warms my heart today. Marcus Hall, welcome to the Sharpen Podcast. Thanks so much, Kirby. Thrilled to be here. We're so glad to have you. And it's so fun to you that this is your first podcast interview. After this, Marcus, you're gonna get you're gonna like go big time. You know, all of the all the big podcasts are gonna start calling you and scheduling interviews. So get ready, okay? It all started here. I'll remember. It all it. started here. Let's just capture this moment. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're so grateful to have you on today and our audience, guys, this is going to be so helpful and so fun. Uh, Marcus, uh, for those that haven't met you and they don't know, uh, who Marcus Hall is, tell us who you are to get us started here. Yeah. And and thanks again, Kirby. So, so happy to be here and and just a big fan of what you've built here with the Sharpen podcast. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned, Marcus Hall, uh, born and raised here in Indiana, Small town guy, uh, one of four children in a single family home with a rock star mom. Now a, a, a husband to Lindsay, a father to twin girls, Naomi and Kai, and uh, a partner here in a small business uh, near Indianapolis. Oh, that's so cool. I, Marcus, I didn't know you were a twin dad. So I already knew you were a super cool guy, but that gives you brownie points, you know? Yes, yes. And gray hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, we're figuring it out as we go, but uh, enjoying every minute of it. Oh, I love it! I love it. Well, thanks for for sharing that. Also, uh, I, I sensed a shout out there to your mom as well, and I, I love that. Um, so, tell us about the the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I am a, a partner of a business here in the Midwest called California Closets, and we are a franchise, and we sort of smashed together a couple different franchises throughout central Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, and then south, uh, just the southern part of Ohio. And so what that means is we we own and operate within those states. And uh, we're also part of a holding company called the Threefold Group that operates out of Indianapolis that has a number of brands in the residential property and commercial property services industry. Yeah, I, I think... Uh you know, that that name, California Closets, probably really pops out to several of those listening. And what's so fun about today's discussion for our audience and for Marcus is that as soon as we first connected and you shared that with me, I immediately had a story related to exactly what you're talking about today. So what I think is so cool is that as a, you know, stranger from afar, 
I'd actually seen all of this somewhat lived out, right? And uh, so I, I'm I'm really excited for us to dive in today. Uh, the first time that we were able to connect and talk, uh, you were sharing, and I love I love this mantra or this motto, if you will, that that you guys are really focused on there, and that's designing better lives. Now, now talk about that, right? Because everybody. Gosh, today's day and age of social media and all of the outlets for really sharing a company's message. Um, everybody has super cool one-liners or taglines, but there's a difference between having one and living one out. So I, I'll, I'll be quiet now, but I, I just get excited here. So tell us about what Designing Better Lives has meant to you guys. Tell us about some really neat work that you've been involved with. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so Designing Better Lives is sort of our vision, if you will. It's both internal and external. And at the core of it, we design closets, but so much more than that, we design custom furniture. And although we consider ourselves sort of the Kleenex of the closet industry, we've sort of created a category. This idea of Designing Better Lives has provided us a way to bridge outside of just creating, designing, manufacturing, and installing custom storage solutions it's really allowed us to think about what role could we play in designing a literal better life for our clients, our employees, our community, and just the people that we interact with. So it it is a very big vision um, and and we like it that way because it really challenges us, but it's one that that drives us and one we try to stay focused on every single day. So let's go back in time before we were convinced, I say we, um, before you guys and gals were meeting and okay, we're, we have, we have this mantra, we have this motto of designing better lives. Walk us through what that looked like. Um, so how, how did you come to this conclusion or what was the thinking process to say, you know, this is, this is what we're about. And, uh, this is how we're going to, we're going to live it out in the business and with our customers. Yeah. Our, our business was able to benefit from a, we call it our credo. Our credo was refreshed several years ago And it was on the baseline of the foundation of the content that really Simon Sinek built, right? It's your why. Understanding our why and what we do every day and how it impacts and what the opportunity that we have is, that really provided us the springboard to recreating this credo that we operate by and ultimately that vision of designing better lives. So that's given us a sort of a guiding light or a purpose to pursue that's bigger than just making really fantastic closets, which I think everybody needs and deserves. Yeah, absolutely. I know you were, um, you had shared that, gosh, this is, this has become more than a, than a slogan or one liner. I mean, it's the way we do business, right? And so going back to what I was saying earlier, I was able to share a story that exemplified that um, from a friend actually who, who lives there in Indiana, who, who shared a moment and how California closets had designed better lives. So that was such a neat thing. It's a, it's a very real thing. So 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 walk us through that. I mean, tell us about. Um, so we went through this process of identifying our why, and then we landed on it. And then from there, I mean, how have things transformed? What have been some of those really cool moments? Uh, because what I love what you're talking about is even as 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 companies as young professionals, we do think about our external audience, our customers, clients, whatever that looks like. But you guys also said there's another audience that that we want to think about as well. So I, actually, I just went rapid fire there. So there's 45 questions, Marcus, for you to answer. And I hope that <laughs> I hope you're prepared for all of those. 
Yes. Well, I'm fully caffeinated. Remember, a, a dad, three-year-old twins, I've got to be full of energy all the time. So, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm good, so- good. You're used to 45 questions at once, too. This is Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there. So maybe, maybe we'll start with where we've, we, we sort of initiated this Designing Better Lives vision from. And that started with clients, right? So we're impacting clients and trying to work with them, collaborate with them to design a better life. And that, that sounds big. It sounds very sort of bold. And how might we do that? Well, when we were able to start capturing the stories and understand all the little nuances, the big and the small ways that we were designing better lives, this whole sort of idea just got legs and, and became a, a thing on its own. So I mean, there are multiple stories. A, a couple of my favorites, one would be, you know, there was a, a client that reached out to one of our designers here in central Indiana she wanted to build a, a storage case for her son. Her son is highly autistic, and he was very particular in how he wanted to store things and where he wanted to store those things. And, and it sort of touched my heart as well because I've got a, a nephew is, who is highly functioning autistic. But our designer was able to bring him into the actual collaboration process of creating the storage and deciding what toy and what uh, – piece goes in what part of the storage unit. And it was just a really cool way uh, that really touched the mom. And, and I think ultimately, again, in a small way, we were able to play a role in designing a better life for that family and, and for that mom and son. Wow. I, I bet you guys as a as a group, as a team can can come together and share all kinds of stories. And, and Marcus, I remember um, when, when we spoke before, you'd shared, you go, think about a closet, right? That's a very personal space in the life of an individual or families and for you to welcome someone into that is, is definitely, it's just that it's a, it's an invitation. Um, so as you guys think about what designing better lives means as, as a group of employees, I mean, what, yeah, as a group of employees, you know, serving your clients, but I can imagine that either you think about the external, but the internal, I mean, what has that meant to your core team, your employees to, to live that out and to really have that identified? Yeah, well, I, I think that's been a big change for us probably in the last 18 months, which has been if we want to enable and challenge our teammates and our employees to deliver this wow moment, this incredible experience, this this designing of a better life externally to all of our clients, we should probably model that behavior as leaders internally and as peers internally. So we, we've been fortunate to work with a, a local organization called Amplify here in Indianapolis, another exciting Midwest startup. And they've helped us just glean some incredible insights uh, anonymously from our team team about how we can get better to engage them, to support them, to to recognize them. And, and it's all helped us reframe what is Designing Better Lives look like for our internal clients. Because we, we really believe that if we do a great job of caring for, supporting, recognizing, and just knowing our internal clients, which are teammates, then we know that they're going to go over and above. And the experience that they're going to deliver to clients is, is going to be game changing. And the story I just told, it, I'd have you know hundreds of those to share uh, on, on a weekly basis because that's just how our team would operate because we, it's a model behavior, right? We treat them that way and they ultimately do that same thing for our clients in the field. Um, and we, we have a we just had a company meeting, so this is really fresh, and I, I get really amped up about this. But at a, at a recent company meeting last week, we had an employee um, share one of his personal Designing Better Lives stories about 
it's it's an incredible story. But we shared stories first of all about hey, tell a story, anyone in the room about how you've impacted a client or how we designed a better life. And there were several just uh, really tearjerkers, like really incredible stories. And then sort of out of nowhere, uh, we opened it up for maybe internal stories, knowing we're still learning a lot and we're we're trying to get better at this internal experience. And there was an employee who's not been here that long. And he, he was really vulnerable. You know, he shared that he's not been here for very long, but it's it surprised him because his father became very ill and he had to travel to bring his father home. And he was completely supported. He was asked how else his company could help. And he was completely reassured his job would be here when he got back. And he said, you know, I've been here less than two months and I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And so uh, wow. It, yeah. That's that's the kind of thing we're working towards. I would say both internally and externally, we're not perfect. We have lots to learn. We still get it wrong most of the time. But those are the stories, whether it's the client or the, the internal employee, those are the things that drive us. That's what that's what the the vision is. If we can figure that out consistently, I think we'll 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 be doing okay. Well, I, I can sense it not only from your words. I mean, I could just tell how excited and, and passionate you are about this, but I can imagine the past 18 months have just been so fun and so uh, transforming uh, because so often we think only in terms of, of, of the business transforming, right? Well, the business is made up of people and those internal and external clients. And so think, thanks for thanks for sharing those stories too. I mean, that just, I, I can imagine that you're all's time together sharing those stories makes it all so real and so rewarding. Um, and Marcus, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about our, our audience. So we have an audience of young professionals. They're in the first 10 years or so of their career. Some are in that senior year of college now. And so we're listening and we're thinking, that's awesome. First of all, those are the types of companies we want to work for, right? Uh, but then also, I can imagine uh, it's like, well, th- these are the kinds of decisions. This is the kind of direction that the the leadership offers to folks like me. And I'm just wondering how I even begin this conversation, lead this conversation, inquire about this at, at my current company, um, or for those that are about to uh, begin their job search, they may. Uh, they may be thinking, I, I want to have that on the radar. Maybe that's a question. But I, I would just ask you, where do we even start practically? So if we're not the one in the driver's seat leaving, leading this type of initiative, I mean, where do we go from here? Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. And I think it's one we have to be careful of because we've been guilty of trying to boil the ocean. And that just doesn't work out um, for a bunch of different reasons. But I, I think it goes back to really one of the core ideas or, or quotes, I, I think, um, the recent time I heard this was James Franklin, the Penn State football coach. He talked about just getting uncomfortable and how if we're going to continue to grow and get better and improve, no matter what we're doing, we've got to get uncomfortable. So I would say that this whole shift for us of, of being vulnerable to feedback and desiring to improve every day, that's uncomfortable, right? So I'd say regardless of whether you're in the, the current role you want to be or in the industry, I think you have to desire to sort of get uncomfortable. And I think back to Bob Golf from a conference a couple of years ago, he said, get a little on you, right? So you have to be willing to get some of that feedback, engage with some of these scenarios and just get uncomfortable and know that once you get in that uncomfortable space, if you're willing to take it with a grain of salt and have a, have a desire to improve and grow, there's a lot of opportunity out there um, as, as you absorb that. Oh, I love that you share about getting uncomfortable 
And then also asking for feedback, right? Because that can be one and the same uh, sometimes, especially as as young professionals. So, so tell us that what have been, I think, the feedback process, which is what you all have been doing so brilliantly. Uh, but that can be intimidating. That can feel like an unknown space. What are some of those questions that we can be asking to kind of get into that space maybe of being uncomfortable? Um, what are some of those feedback questions that we can be asking? Um, and uh, and I'm not saying a formula per se, but that really help us to kind of be gauging in, in this area. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the really basic questions that we have started to ask each other around our leadership team and in a number of these meetings is how well do we know our people? Um, and I mean that in the most basic sense. Do you know so-and-so's children's names? Do you understand mm. what they're going through? And this can be internally or externally. We talk about knowing our clients' stories. So what brought them to the table? Are they dealing with something at home? Are they moving? Is it a job relocation? Like, What's the client story and how can we support that? And then internally, again, just knowing our people, do we know what's happening in their lives and how best that we can work to support them? And what role can we play in possibly designing a better life? I, I know sometimes that feels so big. And I, I laugh sometimes when we say designing a better life because it is a big, meaty topic. And I, and I recognize that. But I think we, we have to have that level of vision and, and sort of drive if we're going to achieve the, the things we want to and have the impact that I think we're called to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, Marcus, a lot of times our audience of listeners, uh, blended generations, right? Sometimes millennials for the most part, but uh, not not all the way, but we get picked on, right? For, uh, for, for our generation and all the characteristics that come with it. But I'll tell you what, we are so proud, the Sharpen audience, we are so proud that one of those characteristics is that we want to know why. And we want to work for companies that have that identified. But I just, I love those practical questions that you ask there. And so in order to live out that big why, that big old why, right? Then we break that down into those types of questions. And th- so thanks for sharing what that what that's looked like for you all. So I have to ask you, so if you like looking back over the past, we'll say two years or three years of, you know, working through an internal and external customer experience and really labeling that and giving it life and then having moments of reflection. So if you think back over the past, whatever time frame that looked like for you all, what's the biggest piece of encouragement that you would give our listeners today? Or what's that biggest lesson learned of of uh, of walking through this? I think I think being courageous, Kirby, it's it's gonna take some time. You've you've got to have some level of thick skin. If you're willing to ask for feedback, you've got to be prepared to receive it. And there's a there's some advice I was given recently uh, around feedback. So if we ask for it, we're obviously assuming we're open to receiving it. But then once you get the feedback, it's no longer a negotiation. So Mm. we don't try to explain away things or describe reasons of why things may have happened the way they did. Let's take the feedback and use it as a learning opportunity. I'm not great with it. I'm still a person. Sometimes I have a high need for approval. But at the end of the day, I can't negotiate a away or I can't, you know, dispel what the, the feedback is, that's been given to me. So just accept it, learn from it and try to grow. That's so good. That's so helpful. I, I tend to like to do that, that process you mentioned there of trying to, to defend or explain away. So, well, Marcus, I want to thank you so much. This has been such a helpful conversation, but also a really encouraging conversation. I, I loved you shared some stories there. Uh, and I think that 
anytime we we hear a story of of when something like this really comes into play and happens in that real world, real life space we're in. So even to me, as we're listening, guys, a sharpen a sharpen audience today. Anytime we can take a moment. And and just listening to you, Marcus, is something I've learned. If we could take a moment and and bring our team together and share stories of how the why is matching up in our day to day activity, those are really powerful moments. And I think we can't be afraid to do that. And I think we also have to to give priority and space for things like that. So, Marcus, you've listened to the Sharpen podcast before, and we appreciate that. So, you know, we love to hear from our guests, and we love to to uh, learn from them uh, two things. The first of which we we want to hear who you would like to make a shout out to. So that's someone that you want to give uh, express gratitude or appreciation to uh, today. Yeah, well, I alluded to this earlier, um, and it, I, I couldn't give a, a large enough shout out to thank her for what she's done. But I would say um, my mom, so Mary Hall, back in Sweetser, Indiana, she's a teacher at, a, at an elementary school or middle school. And she really, it's funny because I listen to a lot of content like Sharpen and podcasts and talking heads and all these things. And and there's there's this idea of the hustle and the grind and, you know, working oh, hard, yeah. striving for the best. But I say mom was the author of that before it was cool. So, you know, mom worked a couple of jobs. She dealt with me as a, you know, a horrible, challenging, youthful young man in the home, along with three other siblings. And so I'm grateful for the the example she displayed, not only of her faith, but of her commitment to her craft. Oh, I love that. I, I hope she uh, gets to hear this episode as well. Uh, Marcus, we'd also love to to learn from you today. What's something that's been a game changer for you? So it's, uh, I feel like what you've walked us through today um, has has somewhat served as a game changer from a business perspective. But um, tell us what's been a game changer for you personally and has sent your path in a different direction or has just made your life maybe a little bit easier. Yeah, well, I, I would echo the idea that this this bigger why, this division of designing better lives has really rocked me the past couple of years. But I would say, Tactically speaking, maybe a thought process and then a tactical component. A thought process would be gratitude. I've really mm-hmm. been challenged to practice gratitude and just be uber thankful for so many things in my life, my health, my family's health, our safety. There's, there's just a lot of noise in the world. And, and I think it's important. I try to just be grateful, very blessed and, and very honored even just to have the opportunity to do what I do every day. So just being grateful is, is a small thing, but I, I think it helps. Um, and then uh, a tool, if you will, would be an organization that I've been a part of and you're very familiar with, which would be Edge Mentoring. So uh, if you're not familiar, check it out, Edge Mentoring. And uh, it, it's it's a, an incredible organization. I've been in a group and part of uh, an Edge Mentoring group for about seven years. And I've been on the board of the organization for a couple of years. But a couple of good friends have founded and built this organization. And it has been one of the most influential and impactful mentoring experiences that I can, uh, that I can claim fame to for, for the past seven years. Absolutely. I'd echo that message. Uh, Edge, it's been so neat to hear about the lives that have been impacted. The power of mentorship relationships in the workplace is, is, uh, is pretty significant. So thanks for sharing that. We will be sure to provide the Edge link um, in show notes today. So if that's something that you're interested in learning more about, you can just click edgementoring.org and learn about how to get involved. So Marcus, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's so good to to learn from you. Um, and and it, um, 
it makes a lot of uh, sense to to hear about the characteristics of your mom and how that's led to uh, to what you're doing in your work today. So we just so appreciate your time and, and thanks for coming on the Sharpen Podcast. Thank you, Kirby. Thanks for what you're doing as well. It's an encouragement to listen to the content and be one of the many great guests. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sharpen Podcast. Uh, Do me a huge favor, please leave a review in the iTunes store. Uh, All feedback is welcome. That helps other young professionals uh, find the podcast and most of all, gives me your feedback on what you want to see more of and less of on this podcast. Um, Last thing, please remember to share uh, this podcast if it's been something of benefit to you as a young professional. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Until next time.